I've got a new identity. I've got an unpredicted riot. Unpredicted riot. Oh, I love that one. I love it when they do that one. Yeah. Good, isn't it? What's the other ones they do? Um... Hello and welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take great moments that occurred on this day only Mm. in the past and we smash them against each other. He is Jake Yap, I am Nat Tapley and together we have read all of Wikipedia. So there, and these are the two good bits. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Yes. I'm going to take you back to the 8th of February, 1879, when there was a huge riot. What sort of things do you think are worth rioting over, Jake? Food? Uh, Human rights, snacks. Human rights, uh, yes. Criminal injustice, uh, corruption. Well, this riot was over the cricket. (laughs) In... (laughs) Now, before Federation, it's worth remembering all of the um, states in Australia were separate colonies, so New South Wales and Victoria were not part of the same country in 1879. They were two separate colonies. I absolutely knew that. Mm. New South Wales was being toured by the English cricket team who'd gone over to play against them. Um, But the referee for the match was George Coulthard, who was from Victoria, and the people from Victoria and the people from New South Wales hated each other. It's a little bit confusing because... He was a Victorian because he was from Victoria, whereas the Englishmen were all Victorians because it was 1879. But anyway, we'll get through it. We'll press on. <laughs> anyway, um, the opening of the... Not the opening of the match, in the second innings, Billy Murdoch, Australia's star batsman, was run out, according to George Coulthard, the referee from nearby Victoria, which led to the heavy gamblers in the crowd to start hooting and yelping. <laughs> Uh, the New South Wales captain then refused to send out a replacement. They had to call the match off. This was exacerbated because the day before, George Coulthard had not given out to Lord Harris of England in a controversial decision. Unbelievable! Um, did you, see, did you uh, even see it? Sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable! Did you even see it? He's out! You're blind! He's out! What's wrong with your eyes? Mate, he was... Just... According to the newspaper, larrikins surged onto the pitch. Oh, no. Lar- there were larrikins everywhere. Of the 10,000 people who attended the match, 2,000 invaded the pitch, including Banjo Patterson, who we talked about the other day. He wrote oh, Waltz- wow. Waltzy Matilda. He was there. Um... I mean, the results are quite, quite shocking. We laugh, but... Um, oh, here we go. According to reports, George Coulthard was jostled. Uh, Lord Harris was struck with a whip, but not hurt. Hornby, who was an amateur boxer, grabbed the man who hit Lord Harris and took him back to the pavilion to keep him prisoner. But he took the wrong person prisoner, which made the crowd even more irate. <laughs> so irate that Emmett and Ulliot had to each take up a stump for their defence. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is a quote from a newspaper at the time. An English naval captain had his top hat pulled over his eyes. Oh, no, no, Because no, apparently no. Oh, he lived no, in a cartoon. No. <laughs> no, anything but that. If they'd pulled a little harder, they could have got it right over his body with just his fingers sticking out the bottom going... Anyway, so that's my story of the unforgettable and terrible Sydney. Oh, they tried to restart the game after that, but at which point the Australians invaded the pitch again because they weren't having any of it. And that was the 8th of February, 1879, the Great Sydney Riot. About cricket. I want to talk about the 8th of February, 1960, and I'm going to now. Okay. It's the day in which Queen Elizabeth II, who we've talked about many times. Yep, she's my second favourite Queen Elizabeth. No, number one. (laughs) <laughs> if you love your country, Nat, what's number one what? most attractive woman in the world? Tell you, no, 
No, no. The unsullied Queen Elizabeth. She's my favourite. Mate, that's treason. You're a dead man. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom yes. issues an order in council. Mm-hmm. A curious thing. Oh. Stating that um, uh, we j- uh, we'd just like to be called the House of Windsor now. Can we drop all the Coburg? <laughs> <laughs> Sax Coburg, Gotha, Battenberg, Sonderburg, Luxburg. Yeah, we're getting rid of all that because it reminds people that we're actually quite we're recent immigrants. Yeah, there's a really nice gift shop there, and we've just decided mm. House of Windsor. Yeah, and we'll take the name Mount Batten Windsor because that sounds a bit like a cake. Well, it was Battenberg originally, wasn't it? it was it was Mount Batten changed it? It was the person who became Lord Mount Batten who actually changed it from Battenberg to Mount Batten. Oh, really? Yes, during the First World War or just after the First World War, because it sounded too German. Yeah, a little bit. So, no, we will not be Battenbergs, we will be Mountbattens. I thought he was called Mount Battenberg after an incident where he was caught in the pantry. <laughs> anyway, orders in council. Get down, get down from that. Um, orders in council. <laughs> yes. Are these sort of fairly obscure little things. And it's mm. a thing that the Queen can do that uh, basically bypasses Parliament. So m- most most things have to be ratified yes. by Parliament. Yeah, yeah. Orders in council do not. So right. when she issued this order in council, she was like, this is what's happening. Now, famously, everyone also says, well, they don't have any real power, do they? But, <laughs> but they do. And orders in council are how they wield it. Now, if you think, well, that would never happen, well, this yeah. century. When would they ever use that? In 2004, oh, it yeah. was used to overturn a court ruling which held that the exile of the Chagossians from the British Indian Ocean Territory was unlawful. Mm-hmm. So this is a group... Uh, and right. the most famous island is Diego Garcia, yeah. which the Americans just sort of said, uh, we quite fancy having that as an air force base. Can you kind of clear it? So they took yeah. all of the indig- indigenous people of that island mm. and rehomed them forcibly. Yes. And this was deemed unlawful. Mm. And by by our judicial system... Our law system in the UK, the, the one that we use... Oh, our activist judges. That got overturned by the Queen. Yeah. With an ordering council. And yeah. all of those people... By an ordering council. Well, Do you yeah. know where they live now? Crawley in West Sussex. <laughs> I used to live in Crawley. I wouldn't wish that on yeah. my worst enemy. Although exactly. the bowling alley is quite good. It doesn't make up for the loss of an island good, but it is quite good. Would you like to live on a tropical island, minding your own business, in the Indian and Ocean. having a nice life, or do you want to go and live in, I would think, some fairly substandard accommodation in Crawley? 3,000 of them there are there, or at least there were in 2016, and the government denied the right uh, of, for them again. Uh, after 45 years of petitioning. So that's orders in council for you. I mean, I'm just imagining them doing really sad bowling now. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday to late 90s frock botherer Trini Woodall, (laughs) who I assume you've worked with at some point. Well, no, but I've heard the stories. Those stories are only available to Patreon subscribers. Uh, happy birthday. That's right. We we will be sorting that out if you think we're kidding. Happy birthday to uh, Rupert Murdoch's mother, Elizabeth Murdoch, who you'll be glad to know only lived until she was 103 years old. That's a great sign. 
Yeah. She, when she died, she had 77 living descendants, all of whom were absolute garbage humans. <laughs> um, <laughs> happy birthday to Jack Lemon, who's the best uh, at everything. Happy death day to Alexios IV of Byzantium. He was the Byzantine emperor for six months from 1203 to 1204. He had to co-rule with his father, Isaac II, who couldn't rule on his own because he'd been blinded. Oh, um, that's sad. Eventually, Alex- I know, Alexios IV tried to burn the Ve- uh, Venetian ships by setting 17 of his own ships on fire and pushing them towards the Venetian fleet when the Crusaders arrived. Uh, but he missed, so his burning <laughs> ships just sailed off into the distance. Oh, can you imagine? No, 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 no! no! Left! Left. The worst. Oh. Anyway, he didn't last very long because he trusted someone to take a message to the Crusaders who didn't do it. They just put him in a prison and then cut his head off. Happy death day to Peter the Great, who when he died, they found four pounds of urine in his bladder. What? Yeah, he had a urinary infection and he had four pounds of... I don't know why they weighed it rather than measuring its volume, but four pounds of urine and a gangrenous bladder. Oh. Um, he was writing his will when he died, and he got Wasn't to the that, point hang where on, it wait, says, wait, 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 wait. That was a that was a sitcom on BBC Choice that then became BBC Three, wasn't it? Four <laughs> yeah. pounds of urine and a gangrenous bladder. <laughs> it felt like I had one every time I watched that sitcom. <laughs> he got to the point in his will where he wrote, "Leave everything to," and then died. No. Which I hope he did on purpose. I really <laughs> hope he did that on purpose. And the winner is. Uh, in fact, he he'd had a urinary infection for a couple of years or had urinary problems on and off for a couple of years but it was made worse um, when he went in he waded into freezing water to save some drowning sailors which is what led to his death according to one chronicle anyway he left everything to who knows (laughs) also happy death day to Tara Palmer Tomkinson uh, a sort of baffling icon of the early 2000s and late 90s who no one really remembers now but who for a time was a thing that's Tara Palmer Tomkinson a kind of a sad a sad thing that yes I think at the time I was probably full of contempt but now I don't really know what to think because she just felt seemed yeah a bit lost for a long time I think I, d- I do you know I, I I think it's possible to pity rich people yeah I pity all of them yes as someone unfettered by mo money or mo problems <laughs> my life is carefree and blissful brilliant huh if only don't be quiet you'll make them all envious Jake just, the Duke of Westminster is beating a path to your door <laughs> teach to me to try and unload his barrels of cash <laughs> on your doorstep teach me how to drive all prospects <laughs> of money or employment away sorry you survived for a whole month on this <laughs> Yeah. It's like the famous <laughs> Churchill thing, isn't it? Where he was shown a week's rations. He said, good Lord, is that all they get a day? <laughs> Round two. It's the 8th of February, mm-hmm. 1950, and a cold yeah. wind is blowing through East Germany. Ooh. I'm trying to do one of those sort of slightly dramatised documentaries <laughs> yeah, okay. you get on the sort <laughs> Let's of do that. Discovery kind of channel. Yeah. And the Stasi, mm. the secret police of East Germany, is established. And it was humongous. Yeah. They say something like 2.5% of the population was in some way involved with the Stasi. Well, I mean, it sounds bad when you say like that, but that means 97.5% weren't. What's wrong with law and order, Jake? Yeah, come on, You Jake. anarchist. They had, by 1989, they had 91,000 people working full-time. Yeah. 
and there was always this there was this massive network of informants and stuff they ran everything they ran youth clubs they ran brothels like you name it at least there were brothels and youth clubs they probably had their fingers and do you know what they always ran on time no (laughs) (laughs) love to have a youth club around here jake Staffed by the Stasi or not. Big society, mate. It's all taken care of. Anyway, if you're wondering (laughs) what's going on with them now, I can tell you that former Stasi agent Matthias Varnik, whose codename was Arthur, he's currently the CEO of Nord Stream, (laughs) a big oil and gas pipeline across from Russia to Europe. And German investigations have revealed that some of the key Gazprom Germania managers are also... Mm. Former Stasi agents. But that's fine. Ex-Stasi. Nothing to worry about. No, that's all good. To cheer us up even further, I'm going to... Well, we did these the wrong way round. Uh, take you to the 8th of February, 1963, and the Ramadan Revolution, in which the Ba'ath Party uh, took over... This sounds promising. <laughs> ...took over from Abd al-Karim Kassim, um, with the approval of the CIA, uh, they overthrew the regime, installed the Ba'ath Party, leading to the rise of Saddam Hussein, the Iraq War, the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people, the loss of any sense that Tony Blair was in touch with humanity, or the Labour Party would ever be elected again, um, a huge split between the governed and the governing in this country. Um, yeah, so generally all good stuff came from that. Wow. Mm. That sounds um, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, Abdel Karim Kasim had been leader of Iraq for a few years by that point. He wasn't... The CIA didn't particularly like him because he was sort of friendly with communists, so he was overthrown. He offered to step down, but the Ba'ath Party didn't take his resignation, so on the 9th of February, uh, tomorrow, they gave him a mock trial on the radio and executed him that afternoon. Wow. That's... Yeah. That's... Wow. Of all the phone-ins. I mean, I thought LBC was bad. <laughs> I mean, there are a few people who should, you know, straight after their phone in. <laughs> yeah, it's mainly the hosts. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm not advocating violence against anyone. Oh, dear. The things you can't say these days, Nat, really. Time was when you could wish violent, grisly deaths on anyone you pleased. Yeah, but now you'll be held up as a hypocrite by exactly the same right-wing columnists who do it themselves. <laughs> oh, the so-called tolerant left, Jake. you got something to say about LBC presenters, have you? Go on, go on. I just want to hear what you've got to say. <laughs> no, I don't. Bye. I'm sorry, I'm a coward. Right. Vote. Right now. Yeah, yeah. It's close at midday. Yeah. Unless, well, unless I've overslept. Is it too late? What's yeah. the time? It's too late. It's, it's too, too late. You blew it. You've missed it. Well, oh well, you can find out what the results were with or without your votes in tomorrow's episode. Yes. We'll do, how many times? What's the current score for? Well, let's not count. But, uh, no, let's not. But Jake's never won, so, you know. Yeah, I've never won. You've never won. It's fun. I'm happy to always be the bridesmaid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's even bridesmaid. Join blushing bride <laughs> Nat Tapley tomorrow as he is as yet again he trots around doing another victory lap he gets deflowered oh no no no, no. <laughs> too dark okay bye <laughs> <laughs>